Hello, friends, and welcome to Season 6 of So You Own a VW Bus, the podcast fueled by stories from bus owners all over North America. I am Ryan. And I am Miracle. We were staying out in Moab, Utah, when I spied a stretch vanigan parked on a dead-end street. The side of the van read, Coyote Shuttle. A quick Google search later, and we were sitting down with Jesse Marshall, the founder of Coyote Shuttle. Yeah, Moab, Utah, we're in my yard, um, my, my kingdom. <laughs> um, and I run a shuttle business. I run the world's first mountain bike shuttle business. I've been doing it for 28 years, the very first one in the world to do it. And I've been using Volkswagens the whole time. I got this idea that I could come here and start a mountain bike shuttle service. In California, every Saturday, all my friends would come to my house because I had the Volkswagen van that could carry all the bikes. So everybody would gather at my house on a Saturday morning and we drive up to the mountains and we go mountain biking and then we come back down. A lot of times one of our friends was hurt, so he would drop us up at the top and we'd all give, each of us would give him a $5 bill for doing it and he'd leave the van at the bottom of the hill. And driving home, when I had this idea to start a shuttle service, I thought, wow, it seems like Volkswagen vans and mountain biking go hand in hand and all my friends like doing it. So why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I be able to come here and do it? Because when I came here, the only way to get to any trail was to pedal your ass up the hill. So I thought, hmm. So I moved here with a van labeled Coyote Shuttle. And I I came then I got the name Coyote because uh Roadrunner Coyote thing. And this place looked like the Roadrunner and Coyote place. The shuttle business seems like a logical step for Jesse, especially given where his love affair with Volkswagens began. I got out of the military and I was in electronics in the military and I was a field service repairman for electronics, basically computers for about eight years after I got out of the service and wasn't making very much money doing it. Not much money in it. I mean, I was okay, but, you know, I want more. You know, I was young and eager. And my sister was a a high up in some mortgage company. She told me she could get me a job selling mortgage, mortgages. And she convinced me, so... I went out and I bought a, a brand new Lincoln Continental, man, you know, gangster car, just got a suit and tie. And I've always been a repair person my, my whole life, just fixed everything. It's just the way I am, you know, from the time I was a little kid. And I did that for about a year and I was never really happy doing it. I was driving this big black Lincoln around and all my friends thought I was super successful but I just fucking hated it. I hated everything about it. If I wanted to work on something, I'd have to put rubber gloves on so I didn't get my fingernails dirty because it wasn't accepted the next day doing mortgage banking with dirty fingernails, you know? And I was driving along Pacific Coast Highway in California in my big black Lincoln, hot rod Lincoln. And Pacific Coast Highway, and I'm in this line of traffic about Shit, it's got to be a mile or two long. And way up in front of me, I can see a Volkswagen van. Orange Volkswagen Westphalia pulling an aluminum boat. And, man, I was just 
like mad. I just wanted to go, 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 you know, all this horsepower and nowhere to go. And there was too much traffic to pass anybody. So I followed this guy, followed this guy. I was cursing him the whole time. And I got this idea. I'm just going to get off the highway here. I'm going to pull into a gas station. I'll eat lunch right over there. And by the time I get back on the highway, this guy will be gone, you know. So I pull off, pull into the gas station, and here's this guy. The guy I've been following. He got off the same offer. My first thought was, God damn it, why did I get off? It'd be easy now, you know. And I pulled up right next to him, and I, I wanted to say something really mean to him. I was really mad. I just wanted to be mean and say something mean to him. And he had the side door open, and he's making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know. He had some goofy fishing hat on. And he had this little aluminum boat behind. The door's wide open. I'm looking inside, wanting to be bad, and I'm going, that thing's pretty cool, man. You know, like, shit. That thing's pretty cool. And, uh, probably just a couple weeks after that experience, um, I decided I wasn't, I wasn't cut out for mortgage banking, put my car up for sale. I decided I wanted to become an auto mechanic. So I went on an interview at this Toyota dealership and I totally lied to the guy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I knew I could do the job, but he wanted experience. So I just had to lie about that part. You know, he said, okay, can you start tomorrow? Shit, I had to go out and buy a toolbox that day because I didn't even have a fucking toolbox. I had the tools, but nowhere to put them. So I show up the very next day and they put me in the used car department. The very first car they had me work on was a 1972 Westphalia. First car they had me work on. And I worked on it and I played around with it and I drove it around the block and I looked at it and Man, it was a cream puff. It was a cream puff. And I I just sold my Lincoln. I really had no car. I had a motorcycle. I was riding a motorcycle. And I thought, I'm just going to buy this thing. And that was where my love affair started. At the end of that work, first work day, I went up to the front, used car manager, and I say, hey, I want to buy this car. So they sold it to me. That was it. You know, that is a great story. But the thing I really wanted to know about, the thing that compelled me to do a Google search and meet Jesse, is that he had these stretch buses. I needed to hear the story behind those. So I had a guy draw me t-shirts up, I don't know, 20-something years ago. And he drew a bus, an old bus like this, on a t-shirt for me, but he drew it stretched out. And... I had those t-shirts. I wore them for a long time. I used to tell people the only thing wrong with a Volkswagen van is it just can't carry enough people. And I had this t-shirt with a stretch Volkswagen van on it. I would look at it and think to myself, you know, if they made them like that, then I wouldn't have a problem at all. I could put 15 people in a Volkswagen van. No problem. One day I was sitting in the garage and I had a friend over here. And we were looking at a Volkswagen van. You see those seams going down the van? How they go perfectly straight down the van? Yeah. I said, you know, if we cut right there on those seams, we got a perfect line to cut on. <coughs> and I got two vans back here that if we ruin them, no big deal. And 20 minutes later, he went home, he got his sawzall, and we were at it. We were going at it. We were cutting two of them. And so we cut them right here. We cut one right here. And then one right here. So one is the long half of the front and one is the long half of the back. So it's not 
you don't cut and put a center section in there. You use the two long halves, and you end up with a really short front, and you end up with a really short back as, as the throwaway items, and then you just weld them together. So when I first went to get it registered, I took it to the place that does the safety inspections, and they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to have to take it here. And they gave me an address. You're going to have to take this thing here to get it inspected. And I took it there and they looked at it and climbed around underneath it. And they said, yeah, this you did a good job. And I don't know. I did that one probably 15 years ago. No, more than that. And, man, that's carried a lot of people. I'll put that thing on a scale, fully loaded, 15 people, me, 15 bikes on the roof. It's over 10,000 pounds. And it's just got a Vanagon motor in it. And I take people up to 10,600 feet in the mountains. Day after day after day after day up a steep-ass dirt road. Vanagons are tough, man. Tough. Anybody to say Volkswagens don't do the job, they're crazy. Driving around Moab for three days, it became apparent that VW buses and vans are fairly common. Jesse, it seems, was far from the only VW collector in this town. There used to be, a, there used to be this guy in town... Um, years ago named Tom 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 Arnold and he had more Volkswagen vans than anybody else in the world privately owned like 270 Volkswagen vans it's still here you can go by and see it right now um Tom Tom's <laughs> he was a second world war pilot he dropped bombs on Nazi Germany and after the war he decided he was going to get into Volkswagens so it's here in town and he had essentially a gigantic junkyard of Volkswagen vans that made it this far and they couldn't go any further. So he acquired most of them just by abandonment. Um, and he loved it when the girls went in and talked to him. Oh, he loved it, loved it, loved it. You could get anything from Tom Tom if you were a girl, even more if you were willing to go swimming with him. This guy's like 80 years old and we're not talking about a young dude. He was in the second world war. Um, you know, you've heard of Edward Abbey, right? Yeah. Of okay. Course, yeah. In Edward Abbey's book, there's a in in uh, I can't think of the name. Desert Solitaire. Desert Solitaire. There's a story in there about um, Edward Abbey flying across the desert with this crazy old coot, and they the engine crapped out, and they crash landed in the desert with a, a pint of whiskey and a thermos of coffee. That was Tom Tom, and Tom Tom has the propeller from the airplane what that the really yeah yeah, yeah they crash see the place like we wanted to see it tomorrow I like how is there a way to map it or find it yeah it's really easy let me finish my story and then i'll okay. tell you how to find it sure. um and tom tom when town first started becoming a uh, a tourist destination the city council decided that tom tom's volkswagen junkyard was too close to town and they didn't like the unsightly nature so they they change the zoning on his property and they came and presented him with uh, like a 30-day notice to cease and desist this junkyard business for Volkswagens. So the very next day he went down to the city council and he <laughs> he got a business license to uh, run a museum. So the sign outside reads Tom Tom's Volkswagen Museum. <laughs> so he outfigured all of them. And he, he just ran it as Tom Tom's Volkswagen Museum for the next I don't know how many years, but he died just a few years ago. Sad. Um, and his son, his son inherited all the Volkswagen vans. And sadly, the only ones he kept were the carbureted ones. Anything with fuel injection, he, a couple years ago, like all Vanagans, all Vanagans, all of these from 
five was the first fuel injected ones. I believe, yeah. Um, from that point on, everything went into this. He he was getting two hundred dollars a ton for it, so he just had a truck come and smash all these vans into cubes and got two hundred dollars a ton for him. He crushed probably two hundred of them. Sad, sad. So to get to Tom Tom's Volkswagen Museum, you just go right up this road, three hundred. You go make the right hand turn. You go past Milt's. You go up the next road, uh, Mill Creek. Um, you come up to the stop sign. You know how to get up up to like the Slick Rock Trail, Sand Flats area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you get to that stop sign, instead of going up, just take a right hand turn and stay on that road. Stay on that road, and it's going to wind around. It's probably a mile. It'll be on your left hand side, Tom Tom's Volkswagen Museum. There's probably still a couple hundred there right now. Most of them are Beetles, but uh, they do have some of these old air-cooled ones there. Oh. Yeah, we should go see that. Yeah, take take some pictures of that one. Yeah. yeah that's pretty, uh, pretty... The very first time I came here to Moab, I was having problems with my 72. I had two carburetors on it, and one wasn't right, and something had broken on the carburetor, and I really needed a new part. So I went to the auto supply here and I said, what's the chance of me getting a Volkswagen carburetor? And the guys laughed and he said, but you know what? There's this old crazy guy named Tom Tom. Here's his card. You might want to give this guy a call. I give him a call and I arrange to meet him the next day. And I go in there and the place is like, oh my God, so messy. He'd had it for like 20 years and didn't even have a bathroom. So he'd be peeing between the vans for 20 years. If he had to make a poop, he'd go home and poop. But other than that, he had uh, 20 stray cats and and mountains of Volkswagen parts. And he literally interviewed me. He made me sit there and talk to him for two hours. And I got the impression that if I ever said one bad thing about a Volkswagen, like this piece of shit has let me down again, he never would have sold me anything. He talked to me, and he wanted to know that you loved him as much as he did. And if you didn't share the love, no way were you going to get apart. So, man, it's starting to get dark. I've been here for two hours. I'm just a tourist, you know? So I said, what about this part I need? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we walked down this row, and it's stacked up to the ceiling, just mountains of parts. And he reaches his arm in, and he I can't even see. And he, and he pulls out the part. And he sold it to me like... Four bucks or something. <laughs> Super cheap. <laughs> he used to, I'd say, I'd call him up at eight o'clock at night. Hey, Tom Tom, man, I'm desperate. I need a transmission right now. Okay, I'll meet you down at the shop. You, you give me an hour? So we'd go there at nine o'clock at night. He'd be, this guy's 80 years old. He'd be laying in the dirt with a crescent wrench and a rag in his back pocket, helping me take a transmission out. Tom Tom, Tom Arnold. Pretty good, pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's the real deal. Yeah. He was the real deal. I saw him. He died. That's eh, sad. He was here just a couple hours before he died. Just sitting on the couch, being Tom Tom. Um, and he had some kind of. He had just had a bypass surgery, and one of the bypass things went south on him like two hours after he walked out of here, and he died on the way to Grand Junction, which was really sad. Moab is a town full of stories and characters and history. Jesse, of course, deserves to be a part of Moab's lore. We talked with Jesse for more than an hour, and right when we were about to leave... In fact, I had packed up the microphones, and it had actually started to rain. Right, and then Jesse said he needed to finish the story of his first bus. 
So this story started about, oh God, probably, probably 15 years ago. I was in the house and some kid, probably no more than 10, 11, 12 years old, comes knocking on the door, really shy. Um, he said, he said, um, um, sir, um, um, are, are these, are these your Volkswagen vans? I said, yeah. He said, I, I love Volkswagen vans. Um, can I buy one? And I just, just a little kid. And I come outside, you know, and there's his parents in the, in their car in the driveway. They, he convinced them to come over here. And we walked out and the van I told you I'd bought the first day I was an auto mechanic. It was that van. That's the one he wanted. And, uh, he said, can we go look at that van over there? And I said, yeah. And it was a Westphalia. And I had taken the Westphalia top off and put a big window in here. So it was a regular van with a really big giant window in the top. Um, and he said, can I sit inside? So he sat in the driver's seat and he wiggled the steering wheel back and forth. And a few minutes passed and we just, okay, he left. He said, he said, can I buy it from you? And I said, yeah, $2,000. And he immediately said, oh, oh, that's a lot of money. $2,000. Oh, my God. And I said, you're a Volkswagen guy. I'm a Volkswagen guy. We both know that thing's worth more than $2,000. And he said, yeah. The next year, he showed up again, knocked on the door. This went on for 10 years. Every year, he would come here. His parents would drop him off here. And I watched him grow up from probably like fourth or fifth grade. I watched him get a mustache. I watched him get his first girlfriend. He's, he would originally come over here on a skateboard. Now he's, you know, now he's in his own car. Now he's got a girlfriend. Now he's in college. Knocks on the door. Hi, it's me again. Hi. He pulls out the $2,000 out of his pocket. I'm here to buy the van. And this took more than 10 years. And said okay and I never ever ever would have sold that van to anybody it was my very first Volkswagen van I was going to keep until the day I died there was no way I was going to sell that van I would have sold any other van but not that one but this kid so impressed me I thought there's nobody that's ever going to have this van that's going to love it more than that kid so um I said, okay, I took the money. A couple days later, he showed up, a friend with a flatbed trailer. We pushed it on that thing, and I said, "We got. I got one more request from you. He said, okay, go ahead. I said, when you get this thing running, I want you, you have to come back here, and you have to show me it's all running. He came back about six weeks later, super fixed up. He had gone dreadlock on his hair. <laughs> he was ready to move in. And we took some pictures out here on the street, and... That's the whole story, but pretty cool. Pretty cool indeed. Thank you, Jesse, for sitting down with us and sharing your story. Jesse had so many stories that we will have a second episode with him to close out this season. Special thanks to our sponsors, the Jan Machowski Foundation of Switzerland and Go Westy. Until next time, everyone. Mm-hmm.